As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. It's a new day! Yes, it is! Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Wild and Crazy Guys! The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Hogan for the win. We're going to consistently put players in position to succeed. The most important piece is we're going to take the North and never give it back. From CHGO, it's Adam Hope. I don't think that this is a, bit, a full rebuild, but you definitely have to retool your roster. And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Hey, what's up, Flues? And we're going to have measurable ways for standards of performance every single rep, every single game. Anyway, uh, who cares? Now, here they are, the Adams. Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in Hogan Johns with you. With Kevin Fishbane in the house. The Fishman is here. A new mic is also in the house for Johnsy. Everything's going to sound good. Test one, two, three, four. Oh, yeah. we're Sounds pretty good. We're good. Yeah. We're good. People go. are starting to get angry, Johns. I was getting messages about the, uh, the headphone setup yeah, and the lack of a mic. Like, well, you know, you have a good voice, and they don't like when it doesn't sound good. I do have a great and, voice. Yeah. And Kevin Fishbane, uh, he always sounds good, too. And uh, as far as I can tell, doesn't have any mic problems or problems in general. What's up, Kevin? Uh, no, and I'm, I'm continuing to use this mic stand. That was really, the I think, the number one complaint. The only complaint about my appearances in the show was that I was not using a mic stand. Nobody has ever said anything else about my appearances. Uh, you were holding it. <laughs> yes, they didn't like that. Um, before we get going, we have to congratulate Kevin, the Illinois yes. Sports Writer of the Year. Let's see if I can get this right here. Is this working? No. If you're pull, watching, pull it YouTube, back. I, I think you're too close to the camera. Too close. Try it again. Is, is this the fireworks? Uh, no. I don't know. It's like this, maybe. This. None of this. Oh, we got there. There it is. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you, fellas. Thank you, guys. If you're watching on YouTube, there is confetti on Hogan Johns. Yes. So you're the sports writer of the year in Illinois. Jason Benetti was the sports caster of the year. To which I have to say, please don't leave. Please don't leave us for Detroit. I was going to say, I'm not going to be covering the Lions as far as I know. Next oh year. God! I mean, covering games at this point. It's true. Well, he would be if you were covering the Lions. That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. Oh, you're saying? I thought you were saying the Bears might actually be doing that, but no, you well, were talking maybe, about the Lions. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. So that was a shot. Shot. Not at Kevin, of course, but. Um. Well, in all seriousness, congrats. That's a huge honor. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Um. Uh, I certainly owe the two of you been there with me from the beginning and the listeners of the show. I got a lot of uh, congrats, Fishman in the comments. I had family members texting me, whoever that is, that made that Fishman logo. I had cousins being like, what is this? And I responded, why don't you listen to the Hogan Johns show? That's on yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I'm assuming that part of the entry was fishbane fun facts or not so fun facts i mean i'm assuming that's the really the biggest reason why you won this award 
So the timing works out perfect. We, I mean, we didn't know we had this planned, but we didn't know that um, that you were going to be a you know an award winning journalist by the time we recorded this. Um, so perfect timing. We got a whole episode of not so fun facts. I, I'm looking forward. To it. I hope they don't take the award away from me after uh, yeah after this one. <laughs> well, they might. <laughs> we, we do do that to people, I think. Um, all right, real quickly before we get into those uh, offensive coordinator news, Johns, uh, we got Thomas Brown and Marcus Brady thrown into the mix here. Add them to the list. Put them on the list. Put them on the tab. Uh, Thomas I, I like the Thomas the Brown interview. I, yeah. Uh, yeah. Two good coaches. I, I mean, I'm just trying to wrap my, my mind around the idea of the staff they're trying to build with these interviews as well. Um, I think you have some very appealing quarterback coaches, some very appealing running backs coaches, run game coordinators, all very qualified candidates so far for the Bears. Thomas Brown I, I like a huge upgrade as a running backs coach. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> An upgrade from they didn't have one for the last half of the year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm very interested about the uh, the idea of building a staff with Chris Morgan's role because he kind of is the de facto run game coordinator, but all, most of these guys come from the same coaching tree as him. So I imagine that'll be somewhat seamless. Uh, if if they're going to bring in somebody and say, hey, he's going to be our run game coordinator because I would have I said they already have one. Oh, good point. Right. I mean, Marcus Brady has well, the, connections to Eberflus to Indianapolis. Right. How many yeah, do you guys remember who else they interviewed besides Luke Getze? I don't right. remember it being a ton of. I remember no, the Luke Getze was like a package when they hired Flus. It was like yeah, it was it was one of those already like prearranged. Flus comes into his interview. Yeah, I got Luke Getze as my OC type of situation. Yeah. Because this is, I mean, this is almost like, well, the, if you got the head coaching search from that year, well, what, they interview seven, eight guys? Oh, they're they're being thorough. Am I remembering you, right? The, 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 I feel like they almost announced Luke Getze right away when they hired we, Eberflus. We like, knew, by the right. time Flus yeah. did the press conference, we already knew he yes. was the OC. 100% right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think they got to start? Narrowing the list down and moving a bit more quickly now that Shane Waldron is getting interviews with the Saints. Well, the timing of all this is very interesting because meanwhile, the head coaching movement has been very slow. And what we don't know, we were talking about this a little bit right before the show started too, is like, is for instance, is Greg Roman tied to Jim Harbaugh? You know, who, just like Luke Getze was basically announced with Matt Eberflus, usually these head coaching candidates have guys lined up. And I don't know. Is it possible that some of these guys the Bears have interviewed are lined up with other potential jobs if that person gets a head coaching job somewhere else? But then that's a big if because you don't know if that, you know, you don't know that that's going to happen. So that's where this gets very complicated. And I feel like everything. Everything sort of just seems like it's on hold right now, perhaps until Jim Harbaugh and Bill Belichick figure out what the hell they're doing. Do you think that Greg Roman is done with the Harbaugh's after being essentially fired by John Harbaugh last year? I don't know. Good thought. After being out of work this year, I would probably just take a job. It's but. true. Very true. The way I would look at it, I, I would still put Shane Waldron and Clint Kubiak as my top options. I love the idea of adding like pass game and run game coordinators because I think there are so many good candidates being interviewed by the Bears right now. But then having like Greg Roman as like my fallback option. Like if things, if Waldron goes to the Saints and Thomas Brown follows, I don't know, Belichick or, or Vrabel, for example. Greg Roman strikes me as a good fallback option, especially if he wants a little bit more authority over the entire offensive philosophy. Just a thought. Does that limit you, though, on your quarterback options? It might. 
It might. Yeah, but I want like, I want I want considerable play calling experience for my OC. Well, that part I agree with. I just I don't feel like Greg Roman fits the versatility with quarterbacks that Poles and Flues talked about in their end of season press conference. I think it makes sense to interview him, and all these interviews. There's no downside to interviewing anybody. You know, it's. You you even in the let's look at Thomas Brown, even if he doesn't end up on the Bears staff, he just experienced whatever the hell happened in Carolina this year with Bryce Young. And if you are going to draft a number one quarterback, maybe you'll learn some do's and don'ts yeah, yeah. out of that whole situation. I, I want Thomas Brown part of my staff, you know, that he would help immensely in terms of that quarterback evaluation. Immensely, just in terms of what happened in Carolina. Absolutely, I agree with you. And he coached for the Badgers in 2014, so he checks that box too, which is very important. <laughs> I can hear the conversations already. That 2014 Badgers offense, when you think about some of the historic offenses in, in college football, that's one. I can't even tell you who the quarterback was. Do you guys know Jack Cohn? Joel Stave? Probably Joel Stave. John Stocko? Joel Stave. Well, Stocko was seven years before that. Can I give you guys a fun fact before we get to Kevin's fun facts? Or can I ask you a question of a f- in, in fun fact? Seems like you're undermining an award-winning journalist right now. <laughs> Name the former Bears coach that Marcus Brady coached under in the CFL. <laughs> oh, I, I saw this already. Wait, wait, say it again. Name the... Name the former. It's so easy. I'm making it oh, as obvious as can be. <laughs> yes. Part of his so staff... He- with the Alouettes. But he did not bring Marcus Brady with him to Chicago. I think, so I think Marcus Brady, Brady was, was on Tressman's staff in Montreal. Yes. I think he was there the second time around when Tressman was with the Argonauts. No, so the, the Alouettes. Or Alou- was it the Alouettes or the Argonauts? No, he was at the Alouettes before the Bears, but then didn't he go back to CFL and coach the Argonauts? He did. He won another Brady, great Brady. cup. Brady did. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I think he, Brady he was with him? this... I think Brady was with the second version of Canadian Trussman. No, he was with the the version. Oh, was it the original? Yes. If you would have read my fourteen candidates, Kevin. Oh yes, it was all detailed in there. It was a great story. Marcus Brady was on. I stopped stopped at twelve, though. He was. So was Thomas Brown, Clint Kubiak. I didn't have Shane Waldron because he wasn't a free agent at that time. In two thousand eighteen, I did forty-four candidates for head coach. (laughs) Forty-four, <laughs> and Matt Nagy was on there. So guess what? I was right. You were right. I mean, it would have been bad if he wasn't. If he did forty-four <laughs> and and missed the one they hired, yeah, that would have yeah. been crazy. I, uh, according to Wikipedia, Marcus Brady, you're both right. He was on both staffs, Montreal oh, and yeah, Toronto. Yeah. yeah. So stop fighting, of Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's get to these not so fun facts. Hey, these were a big hit found. the last time we did it. What is that? Oh, we got Kelly. Kelly. <laughs> I was just, I, is that I had a like ticket? a stack of, I had a stack of uh, MLB showdown cards on my desk and I was like, oh, there's Kelly Wunsch. That's wild. I, every once in a while, I see a Kelly Wunsch jersey and he was electric. I don't know if I'd say electric, but okay. He was a seventh and eighth inning stopper. What a great detour for the show. Aren't you glad you glad you had me on today? That kind of qualified as a not so fun. It was a not so fun reference. Yeah. It was really uh, bad. It's Kelly Wunsch. Yeah. All right. What do we got here? We got how many of these do we have today? Nine, I think. Wow. Yeah. So nine, just to so set the tense. stage, um Fishbane's obviously cornered the market on Fishbane fun facts. Which we like to. Or is Herb Howard like Herb Howard likes to call them fish facts? Fish facts. That's that works too. Um, We like to point out that many times the facts are actually not very fun. So we on the show. Well, that is. I'm I'm not. Yeah, that's probably accurate. But we like to call this the fishbane not so fun facts, and we don't know what these are. Johns and I do not know what's coming. Fishbane's got these ready. Our producer Kent has them ready, and we're just going to re- react. react to whatever ha- is about to happen here. And and I will point out, these are from, so I had, it's been fun fact week at The Athletic. So Tuesday, 
uh, was a deep dive into Justin Fields, just Fields stats. Mm. And uh, today, as we're recording Thursday, I have the Bears offense. I don't have the defense one ready yet, so that'll be on a later show. But defense special teams fun facts article will be out next week. And we'll do those fun facts later on. Wow. Get a whole article on it. Theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns to go sign up. All right. So these are offensive facts. Yes. Let's Not offensive. Some might, well, be, might offensive. be offensive. Yeah. yeah. All right. Number one. What do we got? Justin Fields ranked 32nd out of 32 qualifying quarterbacks in fourth quarter completion percentage, interceptions per pass, passer rating, and EPA expected points added per pass. Oof. I should note that most of these stats, all of these stats are from True Media. So thanks to folks at True Media for helping out with that. So he was the worst quarterback in the fourth quarter. Yes. All right. So, like we said, um, not so fun fact. That one definitely qualified. Now, I'm going to... Jesus. Let me, let me give a quick disclaimer. <laughs> because I wrote this in the story. The thing about... Like, I love using stats, obviously, and I, I give you guys the fun facts. But especially when you're talking about fields, those stats specifically, it doesn't... It's not tape. It doesn't factor in play calling, doesn't factor in a missed assignment, a missed block. You know, I mentioned the story. He was three of nine against Cleveland. Well, we all know how much he was harassed in that game. Doesn't doesn't account for drop passes or missed bad route, all those things. It's just these are just the stats and you can interpret them however you'd like. Kevin, I do think, though, when you off right now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just I like to point that out, but I also do think that with fields, when you're when you rank that low, that you can't just scream, well, that was Getze's fault. Well, no, the quarterback has to and get better. And guess what? You know who admitted that? The general manager of the Chicago Bears, when I asked him, where do you want to continue seeing growth from Justin Fields? He said those two minute situations. I so. think Justin Fields would tell you. Yes. That he has to be better. I think Justin Fields would tell you that he has higher expectations of himself beyond the excuses, Mm -hmm. right? I don't know. Just something to think about. Kev, the question I have for you is when is that, and maybe I can ask this later, but like when is the, that body of work just become like the body of work? Because if you add in the past couple seasons and I get it, not a great situation, you're one. Not a great situation here, too, but the numbers kind of hold true year after year rem- after year. Yeah, do you guys remember? I don't know what season it was. It maybe was different. It was probably different for everybody. But do you remember when you reached that moment where you said Jay Cutler is who he is? Like, this is just Jay. He's not going to ever yeah. be this. He's not going to ever be that bad. He's just Jay. And you take the good, you take the bad. And I think, I think we all the got question- there before. Sorry, just real quick. I think we got there before yeah. they gave him that contract extension. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I mean, he had been here for what five seasons already. So, I, I mean, Justin Fields is not at that point. I think we all want to see what Justin Fields looks like with a different scheme and, and and different weapons and a durable offensive line, all those things. But you know, some like that's a question that people are going to ask is, is when is it just like, that's who he's now what I didn't have. And I, I, I didn't, um, you know what, you guys want a bonus. You guys want a bonus fun fact because people brought this up that the interesting part of fields is well, how different he was in the fourth quarter compared to other too early in the game. So really quick, let me give you where Fields ranks in the first quarter. I bet you these numbers are way different. Yeah. Or maybe and, and look, if you go through a lot of the fourth quarter, like if you go through the quarterback stats, I mean, most fourth quarter stats are poor because it's obviously you got when you think about the teams ahead of, you know, the teams are rushing everybody at you in close games. Um, Justin Fields, sixth in the NFL in completion percentage. In the first quarter, seventy-four point four. Well, I his think passer rating, to... his passer rating, one hundred twelve point two, second best in the NFL. 
and his EPA per pass attempt, 0.51, number one in the NFL in the first quarter. Man, those Luke Getze scripted drives are fantastic. Right? <laughs> well, so, if you're gonna blame if you're gonna blame Luke Getze for the fourth quarter struggles, don't you gotta give Getze credit for the first quarter successes? Yeah. Or no, those are Justin's yeah. successes. Okay. Those that are, that's all Justin. Okay. Yeah. All right, number two. Here we go. In the final seven games of the season, Fields ranked 10th in the NFL in interception percentage, which was 1.4 of his pass attempts, went to the other team. And it would have been second in the NFL if not for those two interceptions on Hail Mary passes in Cleveland. Now, you guys know. Yeah, I'm not. I don't believe in like the well, if you take out that 38 yard run they gave up, they're only allowing two yards per carry. Right. Yeah. But I do think with Hail Mary interceptions, the Bears themselves don't really count them. I got a lot of angry commenters saying, well, then that you got to take out the Hail Mary interceptions for every quarterback. I don't know how many. It's not like every single quarterback had multiple Hail Mary interceptions in the final seven games of the season. So I don't know how much that would impact it. Um, But even if you leave those in. I think the biggest sign of growth we saw from Fields in the second half of the season when he came back from injury was he did a really good job protecting the football. I think it's Matt Eberflus's influence, which you could consider good or bad, but I think it, at the midway point in the season when the Bears started to really believe in their defense, at best, all they wanted was complimentary football of you know no negative plays, no turnovers, you know, protect the football, that type of mindset, that type of mantra. And I think Maddie Reflu's got it. Uh, I, I guess my question on this, like, I think it's important to look at the individual growth, like his interception rate individually decreased, right? From year two to year three, which is progress, important progress. But at the same time, like, do you know where he ranks still like an interception rate, like amongst his his peers, which is still important. Like it still needs to be part of the conversation. Do you know where he he ranks? I'm supposed to because I did it in my story. Yes. In the bottom third of the league. 23rd. Now, sometimes that's just the lack of attempts, you know, factoring into it. But that's also a thing, right? Like. He didn't throw a pass in the third quarter against the Packers. Right. And I'm pretty sure the Bears called passes like. There's a lot of nuance to this, right? It's it's a is that sustainable, and b were they being conservative to help get that number down? You know, what's the ceiling with Justin playing that way? I think that I think that's part of the the conversation. And there were still fumbles in there, right? You know, that that yes. did have those two fumbles in Minnesota in the fourth quarter. Fields did lead the league, by the way, in fourth quarter fumbles. Sorry, bonus not so fun fact there. Okay. All right, number number three. three, What what do you got? So this this was really interesting. So when Fields threw to DJ Moore, his passer rating was 129.5. And I looked up the five wide receivers who were ahead of DJ Moore in receiving yards this year. DJ finished sixth. And their combos of their quarterbacks this was the best passer rating. So you're talking about Dak Prescott to CeeDee Lamb, Tua to Tyreek Hill, Jared Goff to Amon St. Ross St. Brown, Jalen Hurst to A.J. Brown, Matthew Stafford to Puka Nakua. So, I mean, all those were really high, don't get me wrong. But 129.5, that was the highest. And my conclusion from that is I think we've seen enough from D.J. Moore to tell us that probably says more about D.J. Moore than it does about Justin Fields, but I also like don't want to take away from the fact that Justin Fields had this just golden gift here of getting to throw to DJ Moore, and he took advantage of it. And and you know I, you know if you are in the camp of keeping Justin Fields that the Bears are considering, they have to kind of look at the DJ Moore connection. And say how can like what if we got him Marvin Harrison Jr. or somebody else like that? Is that going to build on the other side? The flip side of that is, again, D.J. Morris put up really good numbers with worse quarterbacks than Justin Fields. Where do, where do you guys, how do you guys look at that? I, I'm willing to bet historically that, like, 
the numbers of Joe Montana throwing to Jerry Rice, the numbers of Joe Burrow throwing to Jamar Chase, the numbers of Matthew Stafford throwing to Calvin Johnson. Like they're all pretty darn good just in terms of what they mean for individual quarterback pass rating, because that is a guy out there. That is a number one (laughs) wide receiver. I just, well, well, yeah, I mean, but those quarterbacks, good. But those quarterbacks aren't Justin Fields. Those quarterbacks you mentioned are all way better than Justin Fields. That's fine. Yes. Okay, so let's see if I can yeah. find out. That's um, what, I, yeah. Um, Kirk Cousins thrown to Jefferson. No, don't do that to my guy. Um, <laughs> but again, I'm sure they're outstanding. But well, you know, I mean, you is, could look isn't at, at the point. Like, well, you could look at like Sam Darnold throwing DJ Moore. That's what thing. Like that's what I'm saying. Like if 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 those guys in Carolina that he played with also had similar good ratings. I think, again, it says a lot more about DJ Moore. But if you're if you're of the belief that, like, there's something more from Fields that we can get to, you say, well, if you give him the type of wide receiver who can get open quickly and if your quarterback's a little inaccurate, I mean, how many times did we see DJ Moore pluck a pass that was maybe not on target for a big play on third down? Or take a short throw for significant yardage. I, I think this is where I stand. Like, DJ Moore has shown that he can produce with every single quarterback he's played with, no matter how good or how bad, just produces with them. I think history says that. I also think DJ Moore has had enough of the change, would like some consistency, and that he likes Justin Fields a whole lot. But back to the numbers, that's pretty remarkable. But then why are we still in the same conversation where Justin's overall season wasn't better like than right. the year two and it and do you guys want me to pull up the, it's the, slightly worse the the darna the justin fields of darnell mooney numbers well right so like that's my point why right. did everything else regress also don't come at us in, in may and june this time when we tell you the things we've seen on the practice field because we all literally talked about that when justin throws the dj it looks great when he throws to everybody else it does not oh they're just in shorts you can't have these conclusions and the, okay well that seems to translate like pretty well just season shorts <laughs> so here's justin um shorts. justin fields to darnell mooney this year um that's not what I'm looking for. Uh, do that thing where you guys uh, hem and haw for a minute. Well, I don't <sighs> even know that we need the numbers on this one. I think we kind of know that. We, we know it's not good. But, I, but I'm willing to bet that Matthew Stafford's numbers, the Cooper Cup, are pretty good this year. I'm willing to bet that Jalen Hurts, the Devontae Smith, those numbers, those percentages are better than – Darnell Mooney's right. Like, okay, so so when Justin Fields threw to Darnell Mooney this year, his passer rating was sixty-two point one. He completed only forty-five percent of his passes to Mooney. And so, what's if you can quickly look up what's Jalen Hurts to Devontae Smith? Because his top pass rating was throwing to AJ Brown, correct? Right. Jalen Hurts, quarterback Eagles, did not have a great year this year but was good when he was throwing to, as you said, A.J. Brown. Point is, uh, those are some numbers. You don't have anything in Devontae you, Smith? I, I, I'm pulling it up. Okay. I gotta, my, my, my numbered crunchers got to uh, do their thing. It takes them, uh, it can take them a minute. Um, do people, that thing again where you guys, yeah. guys kind of... Hem and haw? Yeah, Kevin's just like, like talk these- about... Minions that work inside his computer to pull the stuff up for. How do you think he win an award like he he won? You can't just do that by yourself. Come on now, banana. Um, all right, here we go. Jalen Hurts to Devontae Smith, twenty twenty three. Jalen Hurts' passer rating was one hundred eleven point one. Okay, so good. <laughs> and well, this was like a this was like a down year for Jalen Hurts. And he had a hundred plus pass rating, both AJ Brown and Devontae. So I guess here's. The I don't argument. understand what we're trying to prove here, to be honest. Though like, I don't know. Yeah, so you throw I, to I, good I wide receivers. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Like <laughs> I, I don't. So maybe well, you is it the receiver is it the receiver the quarterback? Are, are, are I mean usually it's both. Yeah, I, 
think in this case, we know it's the wide receiver. Right. The Bears haven't had a wide receiver like this. And yeah, I, I, I guess what you're trying to get at is probably if there's a second DJ Moore, is Justin's overall you know numbers better? But that's why I was pointing out, like, I, I don't know. You, first of all, you I can't just we can all agree get like a second DJ Moore. Well, I, 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 I was thought, I will say this. I, I I was a little surprised because I would have thought that there were going to be more times that Fields tried to force it to more. I thought the completion percentage would be a little lower. I thought there may be an interception or more interceptions throwing that way. So, like again, that could again speaks more to more. But I just kind of when I like looked it up, I I was surprised that they were it was that high considering Fields in general is in the bottom third. Yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's get to, what are we, next, uh, number four? Sorry, I'll go quicker. All right, backup quarterback Tyson Bajan completed 65% of his passes. That was the second best completion rate for an undrafted rookie quarterback dating back to 2000, trailing only this year, Bengals backup quarterback Jake Browning. Wow. That kind of, I don't, man, we're one pick away from that not working, though, because of, Brock Purdy hadn't been selected last, then he would have been undrafted. Right, would have screwed everything up there. Um, yeah, I we almost forget the Tyson Bajan era. Mark Carmen doesn't. <laughs> no, he doesn't. That's for sure. Um, but they do have a decent backup quarterback. I think that's because that's what Jake Browning proved to be. Kind of. I mean, he filled in okay, but. Also, the Bengals didn't make the playoffs once they lost Joe Burrow. So I don't know. They went nine. That and was eight. fun. Did he complete like ninety percent of his passes in one game? Yeah, yeah. Wasn't that the Jaguars game? Yeah. The like, prime I prime. would. He was one hundred percent take that every game that my backup quarterback starts. <laughs> yeah, we've covered some pretty bad backup quarterbacks here in Chicago. Bajan did a good job. And he's still young, and he's got a chance to develop. It's a good find. All right, number five. Khalil Herbert's 611 rushing yards were the fewest for a Bears leading running back since Edgar Bennett had 611 in 1998. Wow. Now, Herbert was obviously hurt. Roshan Johnson was hurt. The Dante Foreman thing was kind of weird. But it was an interesting statistical analysis of the Bears running backs that you know, they were the second leading rushing team in football. Fields led the team in rushing, but it wasn't like last year when Fields had a thousand yards. Um, and and think about it. Herbert had six eleven with back to back hundred yard games in late December. I mean, they were on to not get a five hundred yard running back, which I don't think the Bears I think that has to goes back to like nineteen ninety two or something. Mm-hmm. Running back is definitely, definitely on my on my list of needs this offseason. Yeah, I think we can say that they miss David Montgomery a little bit. Now, is it worth paying 
that much. Do they do they regret not paying that money? That's a different question because they still finished what fourth in the league in rushing. Yeah, I think it was like maybe fourth in, or second second in rushing overall and fourth in yards per carry. But again, so a lot was, of that it was high. It, it is, but regardless, you still have a solid rushing attack. Um, yeah. They could still I will use say more. The, yeah. The one thing I also noticed when comparing the backs was there was a major variance for Khalil Herbert. Like, just, I mean, after the ankle injury, he clearly wasn't himself. But if you look at the opener against the Packers and the finale against the Packers, those were two of his worst, there's two worst games this season. And Roshan, while never got a lot of carries, was always a little more consistent. Um, I just don't know if Roshan can ever be. He's just not explosive enough, I don't think, to be. A number one, but I think he proved himself as a uh, number two guy in Hogue. You could certainly speak to what he brings to special teams. Yeah, I, I I agree. They can use an upgrade. I don't know. I don't know that I want to, uh, you know, use go go Jameer Gibbs and use a first round pick on a running back. But you could talk me into a second round pick. And certainly if you can find another David Montgomery in the third round, that would go a long way. Yeah. So. All right. Next. On the list, the Bears were one and five when DJ Moore had six targets or fewer, and the one win came when Moore was limited by an ankle injury in that game against the Cardinals. You know, it's just correlation it, or causation. Uh, probably a bit of both. Um, like there were games where, like DJ Moore was barely targeted, and like. He still finished with like a career highs in what touchdown catches and receiving yards. Um, that to me is on Luke Getze, like finding ways to get your best player the ball. Like you just see what Mike McDaniel does in Miami with with his speedy receivers, right? With Tyreek Hill, they move them all over the place. Let's be a little bit more creative. Like when I heard Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles talking about like innovation. That stood out to me. Like, try to find ways to get your best player the football. Like, scheme him open. He'll he's he's good enough to do a lot of damage with the football in his hands. Find him ways to get the ball beyond simplistic, you know, wide receiver screens. So that to me, this is a, a criticism of Luke Getze. Ty- Tyreek Hill, by the way, had three, no, two times all year, he got fewer than six targets. In both those games, he got five targets. I think one of them he was hurt. So. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think uh, shout out Courtney Cronin in her story uh, had that that the Bears were four and zero when DJ had at least ten targets this season. Well, it makes sense. Justin Fields had a great passer rating when he threw the ball to DJ Moore. So when you're throwing the ball Thank to you. DJ Moore, good things were happening. You were winning football games. When you didn't do that, the numbers went down. You didn't score points. You lost the games. Pretty cut and dry. This is where you get me with the Luke Getzey criticism because this is all yeah. on him. You have to be more yeah. creative, more inventive to find ways to get your best players to football. And this applies to Cole Komet too. The Bears' second best receiver statistically, you know, and, and the eye test. Like, find them ways to get them the football. Mark Tressman got the ball to DJ Moore. True. Maybe Marcus Brady would I didn't hear all of it. Um, I heard a lot about most of it, but uh, that what I did hear, I, I I did not hear any of that. Wow, that is an impressive like you have that save still. That's that's good. Yeah, well, it's it's more so that I finally found it again. That's got to be ten years old. Yeah. It is. Twenty fourteen checks season, out. I assume. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, hit that John <laughs> Fox pipe for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Twenty fourteen was a year, and ten years after that is twenty twenty four. So yeah, that that we're uh, we're we're doing good with numbers today. Point is, uh, those are some numbers. All right, next up. Here we go. Speaking of Cole, oh no, we're still on wide receivers. Uh, I thought this was illuminating. Back to the same conversation. The gap between DJ Moore and Darnell Mooney was 950 receiving yards. So I started to look through what is that the largest gap the Bears have ever had between a number one and number two wide receiver. And I realized I don't think I was ever going to find it because there were three years the Bears didn't even have a single player of 900 receiving yards alone. <laughs> Jesus. 
So I thought that was kind of interesting. Wait, the, 20, it was, were those the Jam Fox years? Yeah, yeah 15, 15, 16, and 17. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll give you guys, uh, you want to try to guess the leading wide receivers for those three seasons. Well, Alshon Jeffrey was one, right? Alshon Jeffrey led the Bears in receiving in 2015 with 807 receiving yards. And he was hurt for most of it, or for, for a good portion yeah. of it. Your 2016 leading wide receiver was? Kendall Wright? No, no, it's 2017. He had 888 wide receiving yards. I've never, I would say, top five moment of Bears fans furious with the GM when this guy got away. And he never, unfortunately, mainly due to injury, he never uh, did much after his time with the Bears. Got 2016? Away. Local guy. Undrafted. It was a great story. Oh, Cam guy? Meredith. Yeah. Cam Meredith. Cam Meredith. Yes. Yeah. He had a great year. Do you remember, uh, that was do you remember a... when, the, when the Saints uh, signed him? And the Bears yeah, I definitely match. wrote a column that said that that was a bad move by the Bears. I definitely yeah. wrote that, yeah. and I was definitely. But wrong. He, had, I was he, like, he had health problems, or like yeah, his, and the Bears' his knee was never the yeah. same. Knee or ankle? And the knee, Bears knew. Right? The Bears Maybe. had the inside information on it. Obviously, yeah, yeah they knew. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, John Zier right for 2017. Kendall Wright led the Bears with 614 receiving yards. Yeah, welcome to the NFL, Mr. Trubisky. <laughs> the Bears started the game with Tanner Gentry and Trey McBride. What about when they traded for Dontrell Inman? That was a that good was day. Yeah, that was that 2017. Was yeah, I think he ended up finishing second. No, uh, third among wide receivers that year. 334 yards. I mean, you knew you were in trouble when you trade a seventh round pick for Dontrell Inman midseason. And there's 700 reporters around. I'm like, this guy's going to save the season. <laughs> Welcome to Chicago. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, Don which Trump, once again, you know the, that this is the place receivers come to die. <laughs> he probably walked in the door and realized it right away, but he okay. I don't think Don Trillman was doing much before that anyway. Um, what's next? All right. Now, now we're getting to the tight end position. We got two more here. Cole Komet caught 81.1% of passes thrown his way. Second in the league among tight ends trailing only Durham Smythe and Durham Smythe or Smith had 47 fewer targets than Cole Komet. I remember drops being part of the criticism of Cole Komet's play a couple years ago. That was a, that was a real problem when he was a rookie. He didn't, he didn't score touchdowns, and he, he uh, not only had some drop issues, but he had some fumble issues after the catch, and he has drastically improved that. He catches everything now and holds on to the ball, gets extra yards, um, that's another area where I would say if they can upgrade the Robert Tanyan position, you're putting Cole Komet in a better spot, more of where he's supposed to be. Um, cause he kind of had to do both this year and it was impressive, but by the end of the year, man, that guy was hurting. You could tell, I mean, yeah. he, I don't, I don't think anybody was welcoming the offseason more than him by the time it was all over. Cause he had a lot of bumps and bruises for how much he touched the football. Yeah, Cole Komet's catch percentage, 63.6 as a rookie, then 64.5, 72.5 last season, and then 81.1. So that's a pretty impressive uh, increase, um, especially because his targets, of course, went up in those years, too. No, he, he's a good player. It was a good pick by Ryan Pace. Um, do you know he's only going to be 25 next year in his fifth season? Yeah. Like, that was a like good draft. Yes. Oh, For not having Jalen. a first first-round pick. They got Cole Komet and Jalen Johnson out of that draft. And so number one corner, number one tight end, pretty good. And Arlington Hambright. Okay. Ah, uh, what was his nickname? Uh, I don't remember. You're thinking of, think, uh, you're thinking of the other guy named, you're thinking oh, of Pig. Oh yeah, Pig. I'm thinking Pig. of Pig. Pig Simmons. Yeah. 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 Simmons, yeah. I bet Eberfuss would have a good, would have a good one for Arlington Hambright. Call it, he would call him Hambino. <laughs> no, just Ham. Ham. I don't know what's up yours. Okay, we call him we call him Hambino. 
I love the nicknames. I don't want to make fun of that. The nicknames are great. And I want to know our nicknames. See, when he gets a sack, he's the Sandman. But he wants to tackle for loss. He's Jackhammer. Uh, we should come up with nicknames in one podcast for our colleagues. I don't think they would talk to us for a season, but it could be well worth it, Adam. He's a dragon slayer because he's slaying the dragons. It's not a bad goal for the offseason is to get the reporter nicknames out of Floose. <laughs> no, he doesn't have them. No, he might have a couple. He's definitely got one for Jason Leisure. You ever see X-Men with Juggernaut? Look at Andrew Billings. He's our Juggernaut. <laughs> you got to work on your impersonation. I, I don't know. I, I kind of like it. Hey, what's up, Floose? Yeah, I like it. All right. Well, I don't even know what number we're on anymore. Uh, last one. Nine. Last one. This is the last nine. one? Okay. Yeah. Uh, the Bears had nine offensive line combinations in 2023, the same amount they had in 2022. Only one offensive lineman started all 17 games. That was Darnell Wright, who missed five snaps all season. Very impressive rookie campaign for Darnell Wright. I think uh, it, when you go look at the story that's up, as I said, today, Thursday, I, I have the snap counts for everybody on offense by position. And you go to offensive line, and you can see kind of the attrition there. Mm-hmm. And you realize that there was really only that one stretch, which happened to be their best stretch of football all year in November, December, when they had the same offensive line for, I believe it was five of six games. You guys know I always go back and rewatch the tape when the season's over. And uh, I got to the Minnesota game where Cody Whitehair blocked Nate Davis. Mm. That was good times. And the snaps are all over the place. Yeah, They got some upgrades. By the way, Nate Davis either needs to be more reliable or better or both for that signing to work out too. Yeah. Needs a bounce back here. Um, as far as Darnell Wright, like you're feeling really good about that selection if you're the Bears. And I'm sure the Eagles still feel good about their selection of, of Jalen Carter, but just in terms of how like the season's finished, I, I was Carter mentioned at all, like in, in the playoff game? Like I, I can't remember. No, he tailed off for sure. And, um, but that entire defense tailed off. Well, I mean, you almost well, exactly. get a pass. Like yeah. since Patricia took over, I, Hassan Reddick disappeared completely. Yeah. How do you yeah. make that happen? Yeah, a lot of lot of big names on that defense. You know, I, I do think actually T.J. Edwards was extremely missed by them. Um, well, yeah, something Nick something Morrow, seems off that was there. But a trade. if if you draft the player who was considered the best overall player in that draft. Right by a lot of evaluators, wouldn't you expect a bit more? I would. It's early in his career, but I think the the criticism, or at least the draft evaluation, is, is siding with the Bears right now. I think for the I was filling out my ballot for PFWA awards. I'm pretty sure I gave defensive rookie to Will Anderson. I, I thought, well, just looking at their stats, um, that Will Anderson made more splash plays this year. Twenty two quarterback hits, seven sacks, ten. Tackles for loss compared to Jalen Carter, who finished with six sacks, eight tackles for loss, nine quarterback hits. Now, I'm guessing if you go advanced stats that Carter had more run stuffs or things like that. But um, yeah, his from, you know, after September, you didn't hear his name very much. It's disrespectful to um, Tyreek Stevenson. I put it. I put him on my all rookie team at corner. Trying to look, they announced the Pepsi finalist. The Pepsi is it called the Pepsi Rookie of the Year? Yes. Where did that go? Here we go. Oh, it's I'm sorry. Apologies to Zero Sugar. Pepsi Zero Sugar NFL Rookie of the Year. The finalist Devon A Chain, Jameer Gibbs, Sam Laporta, Puka Nakua, Bijan Robinson, and CJ Stroud. I thought there was a defensive guy in there. That's why I was looking, but I guess not. Uh, I mean, uh, CJ Stroud's going Yeah. Duh, but for defense, the um, the guy in the Rams, I'm blanking on his name right now. It was a third-round pick. They had two guys that I think both had eight sacks. The Rams drafted incredible this year. 
And I, that's one way to get over not, you know, trading five years of first round picks is just to hit every other pick. Get Puka Nakua in the fifth round. Did you see that uh, video of Leslie and McVay talking about Nakua? Uh, it's gone I viral a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So I've heard it twice now. And, and like my, my number one takeaway on that is that's just years of like knowing each other. Mm-hmm. Years of like a belief in a system and knowing what you want, and knowing what you can be, and trusting each other. Like we've never had that in Chicago, at least in the term in the years that I've covered my term of covering the Chicago Bears. Right, and I guess if you want to, you know, look on the bright side, if Poles really does love Flus this much, and they really do see eye to eye on what they're building, that could be a good thing. Um, and the draft picks have been. Pretty good so far. Pretty damn good. There's a lot to like there. So, all right. That's it. That's all I got. We'll do defense special teams a uh, couple weeks. If you, guys, if, you, if you guys want. I mean, I'm here for the special teams. Fun facts. Well, those sure. might be fun fact. Those will be probably teams. more. Those are probably more fun. Um, All right. I think you get to keep your award. This went pretty well. So you don't have to worry about that. Do I have to introduce, That's you know, good. like when we have the damn Dan Pompey comes out, we got to call him the Hall of Famer, Dan Pompey. Do we have to call you award winning Kevin Fishbane now? Uh, uh, I'll think about it. Okay. I've got 363 <laughs> days left to milk this thing. So now we, now we should just uh, annoy him. <laughs> yeah. All that. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm just well. making more grandiose <laughs> with every mention. <laughs> Uh, all right, we are out of here. Make sure you are following Kevin on Twitter at KFishbane for uh, unlimited fun facts that pop up there all the time. Uh, you can follow us at Adam Hogue at Adam Johns. Of course, the show is at Hogue and Johns on Twitter and HogueandJohns.com is where you go to get merchandise. You can also always read Johnsy and Fishbane on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash HogueandJohns, where you go to subscribe there. And um, yeah, we are. We got some good things planned next week. I don't know if it's all buttoned up or confirmed, but we have two guests next week that you're going to want to hear. Uh, definitely draft related, quarterback related, good stuff. So uh, don't go anywhere. We're not going anywhere. We will be back on Tuesday with another new edition of Hogue and Johns. We will talk to you then. Yeah. Point is, uh, those are some numbers.